I posted a blog yesterday about baseball not being as entertaining as it should be. And I've been thinking about that. And my further conclusion is analytics have hurt the enjoyment of the game. Fancy stats. Advanced metrics. That knowledge has done the game good, but the prattling on about it has hurt the enjoyment of the game. Why do I need to know a home run's exit velocity in the launch angle? Who cares? It's a home run. And there are too many home runs anyway. Whatever happened to you throw the ball, you catch the ball, you hit the ball. Baseball used to be considered a simple game. We need it to be a simple game again. We don't need to know everything. And we certainly don't need to take everything we know and just beat it to death. I keep getting told batting average means nothing. Okay, well then, Roberto Clemente wasn't as good as you think he was. Try that on for size. This is the Mark Madden Show. I have a tested IQ of 166, and you can't teach that. But a boom smartest guy in the room. How you doing? 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you could follow me on Twitter at MarkMadX. I put a bunch of polls up on Twitter yesterday, and the results were predictable. Yes, you want to trade Broussard for Pacioretty. Yes, you want to dump Polanco and Marte when the Pirates do their fire sale. The two interesting results were, yes, give Le'Veon Bell that contract. Five years, 60 mil, 24 mil guaranteed. But the vote was narrow. 53% vote yes, 47% vote no. And those are very affordable terms we were talking about and voting on, much less than Bell really wants. So maybe it's sinking in. Maybe you're figuring out the insignificance and replaceability of NFL running backs. The best ditch digger in the world is still a ditch digger. Uh, 68% of you said Antonio Brown will be remembered as a true all-time Steeler great, whether he wins a Super Bowl or not. That's what you think you think. But wait till it actually happens. Going back to the Marte and Polanco situations, I know Polanco is heated up. So has Marte. There's a big article in the paper today about Marte and how good he's doing. But what good's it do now? Pirates are out of it. It's a lot easier to do with nothing at stake. Marte's on a seven-game hitting streak. But so what? What's it help? The Pac-Man Jones situation is good conversation. Some don't think he should be called a thug. Yo, check his criminal record. A thug 
is exactly what Pac-Man Jones is. I hate using thug as a blanket term, as in the NFL got a bunch of thugs because, yeah, racist overtones do creep in, no doubt. But this has zero to do with race and everything to do with trouble following Pac-Man Jones around like a puppy. Yeah, I know. The airport employee started it. You can still walk away. Pac-Man Jones never walks away. Then again, Ray Lewis obstructed justice in a murder case, and they built a statue of him in Baltimore and gave him a job on ESPN. We have funny heroes in America. Former NBA player Charles Oakley got arrested for cheating at a Vegas casino because he pulled back a bet after he lost and the camera caught him. Now that I respect. The odds are with the house and overwhelmingly so. So Oakley tried to even up those odds a bit. I saw a guy cheat at blackjack in a Vegas casino. He passed posted at double-deck blackjack. Double-deck. Well, it was this way then. Not so much now, except in a few casinos. But a double-deck blackjack, then, you get your cards dealt face down. You pick them up and look at them. And if your hand's a made hand, you tuck the cards face down under your chips. Well... When this guy got a 20, he had chips palmed. And as he tucked his cards, he'd slip extra chips on top of his bet. He did not get caught, and it was awesome. Like I said, the casinos have all the odds stacked in their favor. Why not try to unstack them just a little bit? 412-333-9939 is the number to call to converse with your favorite super genius. Uh, Roger Federer lost at Wimbledon. At least that made me realize Wimbledon was taking place. Uh, Tennis, not a lot of buzz. Wimbledon, not a lot of buzz. Tennis these days doesn't have much personality. Not like Connors and McEnroe. Uh, Serena Williams is in the women's final. Comes back from pregnancy. And gets right back to center court at Wimbledon. She's so great, it's boring. Here's a story I like. Uh, Players from Louisville's 2013 NCAA championship men's basketball team are suing the NCAA because their championship got vacated in the wake of that escort scandal with the recruiting. It's five players from that team. They are suing, but they don't want money. They just want their championship back and their rep back. Because Luke Hancock, the captain, he says he gets asked about hookers in the dorm every day. Yo, those hookers didn't give Louisville a competitive advantage. Probably just an HJ, a BJ, or maybe a ZJ. You shouldn't take wins away. For something like that. I said that with Paterno, the 409 wins thing. 
The Sandusky scandal was a grotesque breach of institutional control at Penn State, and everybody who lost his job deserved to. But the Sandusky scandal had zero to do with winning and losing the games. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Here is a sad, sad bit of news. ESPN and ABC are going to televise esports in prime time. The Overwatch League Grand Finals, to be specific, uh, Overwatch is a video game, one I've never played like all the other video games, so we're going to televise video games on TV in prime time. Not you play video games on your TV but somebody else playing video games is going to be televised in prime time. Ha! This game, Overwatch, is a multiplayer game, and you pick a starting lineup, and you kill. The game involves killing, I think. I don't want to know too much about Overwatch. At least analytics can't ruin it because it's already ruined. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Joining me at 3.30 to talk hockey, because we talk hockey year-round here on the X, it's Josh Joey. If you want to make your opinion felt between now and then, please do dial 412-333-WXDX. Just around the corner, I'm going to talk about hazing in baseball. Can you believe it? Hazing actually exists in Major League Baseball and it's causing some controversy in the great baseball city of St. Louis. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, love the show. Double M, big fan, big fan. He's a game changer. He's a guy that makes a big difference. Ooh, that's a good one. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. A uh, great discovery moments ago. As you know, I have a TV here in the studio, and I watch stuff to distract myself from, well, actually doing the show in focused fashion. And uh, that 70s show is on the Comedy Channel from 3 to 4. But I can't figure out how to get the closed caption to work. But I, I know all the episodes. I know all the dialogue, so I don't even need the closed caption. I, I know what they're saying. I just can't hear it or read it. But I, I do know it. Uh, multiplayer deal in the NHL just moments ago between Arizona and Chicago. Uh, no players of any consequence moved either way. But the upshot is Arizona acquired the contract to Marion Hosa, who uh, is retired. So they'll eat his cap space, and now Chicago uh, can go shopping. And there's already speculation they'll be looking to trade for Kessel. But, boy, Kessel on that team, with a bunch of guys past their prime like Seabrook and Keith and Taves, I don't think that would be a good fit. I don't think that's going to happen anyway. Uh, Here's a weird baseball story out of St. Louis. A veteran relief pitcher, Bud Norris, he's their closer, is hazing a rookie pitcher, Jordan Hicks, 
And according to reports, it's cruel and it's constant. And the manager actually likes it. If you look at his quotes, Mike Matheny is the Cardinals manager. Hicks has a big-time fastball, and his ERA is 2.7, and he pitches out of the bullpen in some big situations. Norris is the closer, so you'd think he'd appreciate what Hicks is doing, but Norris is 33, and Hicks is 21, so Norris isn't trying to help Hicks. This isn't tough love. This isn't a difficult form of education. Norris sees Hicks as a threat. Uh, There's also word that Bud Norris is serving as the clubhouse snitch for the manager, Mike Matheny. So it's a a double dose of douchery by uh, the Cardinals pitcher, Bud Norris. Hicks should punch somebody in the mouth. Bud Norris or even the manager, Mike Matheny, this reminds me of the Pirates in the early 2000s when veterans like Jason Kendall and Brian Giles and Mike Williams were just a bunch of dinks. And they would torment the young guys like Jack Wilson. Just on and on. I can't see one good reason for crap like that. How's it help? No place should have an intimidating work environment. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Got some interesting stuff to talk about in the 4 o'clock hour. Terrell Owens, T.O. He's not showing up for the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. That's the uh, that's on August 4th in Canton, Ohio. Wait to hear what they're doing, the Hall of Fame, what they're doing by way of retaliation. Answering childish with even more childish probably isn't the way to go. Also going to talk about FIFA, the soccer governing body. They're mad because World Cup telecasts have showed too many shots of pretty women in the stands. They're mad about that. They say it's sexist. And I say to that, what I said when I heard that the Miss America pageant wasn't going to have a bikini competition anymore. Let's feature the Uggos instead. If looks don't matter for Miss America, give it to an Uggo. If looks don't matter to get on TV at the World Cup, the proverbial crowd shot, then put Uggos on. I don't care. But you're going way overboard about stuff that just doesn't matter. Let's go to Elizabeth at home. Elizabeth, you're on with Double M. Hello. Yeah, what's up? Well, uh, I want to speak to your opinion about cheating at a um, casino. I don't understand why it's okay to cheat one place and not another. Going into a casino, you know that the odds... What do you mean okay to cheat one place and not another? Well, you said it was that... uh, Oakley Palm Chips, and it's okay because the casinos have the have the. Yes, they advantage. have an overwhelming house edge. Mathematically, the casinos have a huge advantage over the gamblers. But don't doesn't doesn't it matter that you know that going in, you know you're at a disadvantage. Oh sure, but why not why try to why not try to make the odds a bit more even? I mean, hey, if you get no, caught, it's a felony. No. If you can't 
if you can't play by the rules, you don't freaking play. Do you gamble? Yes, I do. Where do you gamble? At the Meadows. At the Meadows. What do you play? I like I like blackjack. Okay, so I'm, if you knew you could cheat and get away with it, you wouldn't. Absolutely not. Boy, you were exactly their kind of customer. I bet you leave a ton of money down there every time you visit, don't you? <laughs> no, I think I think in this world today, I think there's a lack of respect for the rules and let me tell you, there's a lot bigger problems in the world today than Charles Oakley cheating at a casino. Well, it just, where does it stop? Where is it okay to do it and where is it not okay to do it? If you don't get caught, it's okay. Oh, my now, God. Now, I've never tried it because I'm afraid I get caught. You know, I'm a big star. I make a lot of money. I'm very well known. That would ruin my career or at least slow it down. Next well, thing you know, I'd be on the unemployment line with Roseanne. It doesn't seem to slow down any of those freaking spoiled athletes. I mean, they can. What's have that have to do children. with this even remotely? It just—it's a sense of, of right and wrong. It's a sense of knowing. Okay, right well, and you wrong call back, Elizabeth, right and thing. whenever you hear me undecided between right and wrong, you make sure you call the show and tell me what's right and wrong, so I get, can hang up on you like I'm doing right now. Let's go to Dominic in the car, Dominic. You're on with Double M. How you doing today? Good. Good. I just wanted to... Uh, Turn your radio down. Sorry. I just want to say a quick comment. Go ahead. Uh, my buddy Tanner and I, we were just talking, and uh, we're from the Pittsburgh area, so we're big Pittsburgh fans, but uh, we just wanted to say that you were fast. Oh, good. Anything else? No, that's about all. Okay. You and your friend Tanner, are you wearing pants right now? That's a No. Hey, it's a beautiful thing. By the way, uh, I got a couple tweets saying casinos don't have an advantage at blackjack. Okay, it, it's it's a two or three percent advantage for the casino, and that doesn't sound like much, but it adds up, which is why the casinos are so big and so fancy. I think if you play perfect basic strategy. You can cut the casino wedge to a little bit under 1%. But I've been playing for like 30 years, and I don't play perfect basic strategy because I'm an idiot. And I play hunches, and I I gamble. And that's what they're counting on, you gambling. Up next, going to talk pens with Josh Showey of TheAthletic.com here on 105.9. This is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Joining me now in studio from TheAthletic.com, we welcome Josh Elway. Josh, this time of year sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not here to talk about hockey. I'm here to watch that 70s show reruns with you, actually. Well, if I could turn the volume up, we could <laughs> we could enjoy it a lot more. But, but technically, I'm obligated to do a, a radio show. So, is there any Penguins interest in Max Pacioretty, the left wing of Montreal? Because they're going to trade him. It's just a matter of who they trade him to. I have no doubt Jim Rutherford has inquired. I don't know that I would consider it heavy interest. Um, all offseason long, Jim has been interested, if possible, in adding an impactful left winger. We know how loaded the Penguins are on the right side. They're not so loaded on the left side. I know for a fact Jim made an offer for Jeff Skinner right before the draft. Um, I don't think they like Pacioretty as much as Skinner necessarily, 
But sure, they'll talk with Montreal, but I don't know that they'd be a leading candidate because I don't think they have that much to offer the Canadians. No, I don't either. I mean, you could trade Broussard for Pacioretty, but I've kind of backed off on a thought that they ought to look into trading Broussard, Josh, because their biggest advantage is at center. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't want to take away from that depth. Right now, if a center gets hurt, it, it could be any center as long as it's not Crosby or Malkin for over three or four weeks. And they would still be the strongest team in the league at center. And that's thanks to the depth provided by Broussard, who's a great third and a pretty good one or two as well. Don't you feel like with Broussard, maybe it's fair to see a little more of him? I mean, he he, he disappointed. There's no question. He was oh, no no doubt. He was not the impactful player they were hoping for, whether he got hurt or not. But yeah, I mean, that is their strength. You're right. And I'm curious to see how he performs 82 games with the Penguins. I don't think he would put up huge numbers. He's not going to be a top power play guy like he's been everywhere else in his career, certainly not in Pittsburgh. And not even a top six. Right, and I don't know if you're Montreal, too. Do you, do you need a center who's past his prime, who's in his 30s, if you're trading Pacioretty? Probably not. Well, you, it's you... a weird trade if you're Montreal because you're trading a rental for a rental. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if I'm Montreal, I would rather trade Pacioretty for a prospect and a pick, or at least one or the other. No, exactly. That's why... You know, from their standpoint, it doesn't make a lot of sense if that's what the Penguins would offer. And so if you're Jim Rutherford, well, do you want to give up Daniel Sprong to get Pacioretty? Probably not. And then there's big cap implications, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. They couldn't fit him in anyway. So I just don't know that they are ideal partners. I get the sense from Jim that he would love to do something this summer. I think he's content with the lineup, but I still don't think he's thrilled with it. I think he would love to make one more move to give them a little more firepower on the left side, but I, I just don't know that they're compatible trade partners. That said, with the way things are going in Montreal, and I love Mark Bergevin, and I know you do too, but he's made some interesting deals in the last year, so I don't know what's going to happen next with them. Well, uh, I, I think you're right that the Penguins probably feel they could use another left wing, but I think they still need one more defenseman, not a top six, but a strong seven, eight guy. Or do they think that Ricola, the finished defenseman, could be that. I heard they're very high on him. Boy, is Jim Rutherford high on him. Yes, he he made that very clear a couple of weeks ago. He met with a few of the beat writers, and we asked about the blue line, and he just kept talking about Ricola over and over again. And, and in fairness, I, I've never seen the guy play. So until we get a look at him in training camp in the preseason, it's really difficult to even guess where he fits in. And you know, as for the rest of the blue line and the depth, I, I like Chad Ruedel as a number seven. I, I really do. Is he a good number five or six? Maybe not. But I think if he's a number seven and if he plays 30 or 40 games a year in the regular season, I have no problem with that at all. But if you have a legitimate uh, seven, eight guy that's left-handed, then when somebody gets hurt, you don't have to move people all around. Like, like for example, if, if, uh, if uh, let's just say Mata got hurt, you'd have to move Alexiak to the left and plop Ruidlin on the right. Not that Alexiak couldn't do that, but I like the notion that no matter who gets hurt, you just plop a guy in that spot and leave the other five defensemen where they're at. No, you're right. And we have seen over the years depth on the blue line. It's a cliche in hockey, but it's so true. If you don't have depth in the postseason, it will burn you every single time. When you look at the 16 and 17 teams, there were some good defensemen at times that were healthy scratches in those seasons. And, you know, last season you have Chad Ruedel playing as a number six. And I don't think he was why they lost to the Capitals. But his presence certainly didn't help. So if you're going to have, you know, an abundance of depth at, at one area, I don't think there's any question that's where you want it. Now Dominic Simone says Sidney Crosby's invited him to train with him this offseason in Nova Scotia. 
Does that translate to Sid again wanting Simone as a line mate, like in the playoffs? Because, boy, right wing's a logjam right now. That would make it even more so. Maybe he just wants to teach the kid how to finish a little bit or something. I don't know. Um, you know what's funny about it? Sid usually likes playing with guys who are fast. That That's his number one priority. He wants speed on his wings. And Simone isn't very fast at all. And that's the thing. When I watch him, the first time I saw him play, and then a couple of years later, you know, he can do some things maybe, but he, he just it's kind of slow for, for this era. So it's it's bizarre to me that Sid does seem to enjoy playing with him. I think Simone thinks the game on a pretty high level. Sid has told me that, and I know the Penguins think that, and that's great. But I just don't see the physical attributes that make him a number one line guy at all. He's not fast. I wouldn't say his hands are overwhelming. No. Hockey IQ, I'd have to take Sid's word for it, but I don't see it. Now, do the coaches like him, or are the coaches just playing along with Sid? I think the coaches do like him. I, I suspect he's a very coachable guy for what that's worth. I, I assume he listens and does what he's told, and that's great. But again, with him, it's just, you know, he was, I think he was a fourth or fifth round pick for a reason. Like, he's just, he doesn't have that talent that jumps out at you. Daniel Sprong might drive you nuts, but you watch that guy play for five minutes in practice even, and you say, whoa, there's there's serious talent there. It just jumps out at you. Simone, uh, you know, I, I just don't see it. And I know, you know, just because the physical talent doesn't jump out at you or does doesn't always mean everything. Jake Gensel doesn't jump out at you as physical talent, really. He's just really good. But I don't see Dominic Simone anywhere close to Jake Gensel, even though stylistically they're not all that different. So maybe they see something we don't see, but I was not impressed with him in the playoffs. He strikes me as a fringe NHL player, certainly not a guy who should be skating with Sid. For the record, this is the episode where uh, Jackie redecorates Hyde's room <laughs> and where uh, Donna and Eric borrow Kelso's van and the parking brake goes off accidentally and it, it falls off Mott Hump. Bob McLaughlin's very upset. He's going to have to hear about this all summer from you now. It, it, it's not a bad episode. Now, uh, we're talking to Josh Showy from TheAthletic.com. He's brought to you by uh, the Orthopedic Institute at Monongahela Valley Hospital. Now, uh, you mentioned Sprong. He's going to get screwed, isn't he? Scratched or whatever. <laughs> Can't you just see that coming despite what Rutherford said about Sprong being a regular this year? You know what? I actually think he will be a regular to start the season. But I could see Sully having a very quick hook with him. It would not surprise me. Just And, and I base that only from what I saw last season. When I thought Sprong had a couple of really good games, I thought the Penguins started to get hot with him in the lineup. And I don't think he was the primary reason. But he was clearly making an impact, and he had one game on the California trip that Sullivan didn't like, and that was it. He, he was gone. He was banished to Wilkes-Barre the rest of the season. That was very strange to me. And, and so I, I could see that happening, but I still think, barring any more significant trades, I think he'll start the season on the team, but he better produce. Yeah, but here's the problem. If Sid wants Simone to play with them, Sprong's the fourth-line right wing. That's the best he can be. And he's not a fourth-line right wing. That's the problem. Even though it could be a decent fourth line with the likes of Riley Shea and even Matt Cullen, who certainly knows how to play with skilled players, Sprong's not going to fit in that role. Not, not fourth-line style, nope. that's for sure. Now, besides Rust, who would be the most likely right wing to switch to left wing? Who else could do it? Well, we know Hornquist can't do it. And Phil Kessel is capable but there's I don't, just no good reason to do it after the season he no, had. No, there's not. So you're going to see – and Sprung, I don't think, has ever played left wing before. So I don't think Daniel Sprung over there is a viable option. So it sounds like if Sprung is going to be a top-nine guy, Brian Rust almost has to play on the left side, and, and he can. I still like him on the right side better personally. He can do it. He, he is a versatile guy. I'd still prefer to see him over there, but I think the thinking with him is – 
They can kind of put him wherever he wants, and he'll be effective, and I bet you he starts on the left. Uh, the lines are tough to construct for the Penguins. You know, we, we, we have talked about the preferences of Sid, and Malkin has his preferences too. But another example, Carl Hagelin at this point in his career isn't a top six left wing, but he's a good fit for Malkin and Kessel. It's just an odd team to construct lines for, isn't it? You know, Haglin, I, I go back and forth on him a lot, but I, I think he is more valuable than his numbers suggest. And if you're going to play Phil and Gino together, Haglin is the only guy who really makes sense because he can take care of the defensive work, as we always talk about. But also, the thing about Haglin, when he's playing well, and granted that doesn't usually happen until January, but when he's playing well, he creates so many turnovers. His speed creates an unusual amount of turnovers in the offensive zone, and because of that, I, I think he is best utilized when he's out there with talented players. So I think that's part of why he works with those guys. He's a good third wheel on a good line. I, I don't think of him as a conventional top-six guy. He's not. But if you're going to put him with two great players like Malkin and Kessel, I think he can actually be quite effective. So, But, yeah, they have guys like that. Brian Russ is also kind of like that. Does he really score enough to be considered a top-six winger? Probably not, but he does so many little things oh, so wait, well. Oh, wait, wait, Hold Look, on. The van is rolling off my hump as we speak. <laughs> Just like I said it would. There it goes. Hey, this is July hockey talk on the X at its best, I have to say. I think we could do that 70s show <laughs> talk in July and probably do roughly as well as we do with, with hockey talk. Uh, what do you hear about the holdup with Eric Carlson going to Tampa Bay? Uh, and is that going to let Dallas jump back into the picture to try and get him? I wonder if that deal was quite as close to happening as it was reported in some outlets. I know they talked a lot. I don't know that it was imminent necessarily. Um, it could be a game changer. Hey, listen, Tampa is really good. On paper, they're a top three team in the East, no question. Maybe better. You put a Hall of Fame defenseman on that roster if you don't give up too much that absolutely gets your attention but i don't think it's a lock that he's going to tampa at this point i know dallas is very interested do you need carlson headman and mcdonough are you going to play two of those together you're going to put mcdonough on the third pair how's that work out that's a good question and they just gave mcdonough a lot of money by the way right i'm not a huge mcdonough fan by the way i think he's a little overrated you know what though we may think that i think he's overrated too but we may he's think solid. that because the penguins eat him alive true I, I, he's a good second pairing defenseman to me that's yes. that's what he is Fair I, enough. I don't know that you'd play carlson and headman together i guess you could um you know they can both play 30 minutes a night quite effortlessly so maybe you consider it but well, it, you might play carlson mcdonough together but then who's Girardi play with? Because Girardi's only value is being a comfortable partner for McDonough. Maybe he goes. I don't know. I don't know. Play Strawman with Hedman, perhaps? I, I mean, they, listen, they've got good defensemen, no question. And the power play would be scary. If you have a power play with Carlson, Stamkos, Kucherov, uh, boy, I don't care who the other two guys are. You have those three guys on a power play, that's a scary team to play against. So, no, it's going to be pretty compelling drama all summer. And I think it's pretty safe to say that Eric Carlson will not be in Ottawa when October rolls around. I'll tell you what else is going to be compelling drama. Who's going to be Toronto's captain, Tavares <laughs> or Matthews? And that doesn't sound uh... like it's a big deal. It's going to be a big deal, especially because Toronto's not even had a captain since 2016 when it was Fanoff. They've just had alternate captains. And it's like they've been waiting for Matthews to, to get old enough to be captain, but now Tavares may jump in front of him on that line. Well, Matthews, I might be getting a little aggravated right about now. He's been an absolute superstar. Well, Bobby Orr said no. Bobby Orr said it doesn't matter who's captain, and Bobby Orr is Matthews' new agent. But uh, 
I think it has the situation for the young kid to get persnickety. Oh, sure it does. And I, I don't blame him. Um, the hometown boy gets this massive contract. He's making more money than you now. If they make him the captain, yeah, that would aggravate me a little bit if I were Matthews. And I understand what Bobby's saying. And listen, if Bobby Orr says it, it must be true. I mean, that's Bobby Orr, for God's sake. Although he is an agent now. <laughs> he is. But still, he's like the nicest guy ever. So, And a former guest on the Mark Madden show, I might no add. No question. And an EJ crony. Well, not more importantly, an EJ Best crony. Best of all. But no, that's a really interesting situation. You throw in the you know the Toronto situation with the media and everything that it is there already. That's going to be a lot of fun this season. I actually am really looking forward to it. They still haven't won a playoff series under Mike Babcock, by the way. I just wanted to throw that out there. You know, they've not only not won the cups in '67, they've not made the finals in '67. It's amazing. They've been they've been nowhere close. Here's what I bet happens. Uh, I bet Babs takes the chump way out. And goes with all alternate captains again this year. Or like make Patrick Marlowe the captain for a year or something. Ugh. That's what I'm hoping for. Maybe he'd, Babs will make himself the captain. He'd like to. Yes, he could, would. He could. <laughs> and Vegas, you know, had all alternates last year too, and they rotated the alternates. Yes. But I, 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 you know, I think the captain slot's overrated. But if the room doesn't think it's overrated, then it's not overrated. It's funny how that's changed over the years, by the way. If you watch like old games from the late 80s, early 90s, when Mario's back would go out and he would miss a couple of weeks, like Trottier or Coffee would wear the C just for a week, and like, it was no big deal. Now, now it's this huge deal, I guess. But um, no, it's relevant. But I'm also interested to see like who's their number one center. Who's, who's going to run the power play? Like They have a lot of questions with those two. They're both great players. I'm acknowledging that. but well, And the know. big question comes to play next year. When Matthews comes up for a contract, although he's restricted, so he really can't go anywhere. Right. But but I've always said Toronto may be derailing its own long-term plan by signing Tavares this year and Marlowe last year because can they afford to keep Nylander, Marner, and Matthews? Nylander's up for a deal right, right now, uh, Marner and Matthews next year. And if they can't do that, if they can't afford to keep all those guys under the cap, then it was a bad move to go get uh, Tavares and Marlowe. And you know what's interesting about them, too? I mean, well, tomorrow I think only has one more year left on his deal. I think deal. that's right. But, you know, for so many years, all they would do, much like the Rangers, just throw money at old guys and it wouldn't work. And finally the Leafs said, we're going to rebuild, we're going young, and it, it worked. Uh, they've gotten a lot better. They have a lot of young talent. Then all of a sudden, Marlowe gets the money. They have to win the bidding war for Tavares. And you wonder if that's going to be a problem for them because that's always been their problem, or at least for the last 25 years or so it has been. So they're kind of off path It's a, a problem bit, in Montreal, too. Both of Ugh. those cities want quick fixes. Well, listen, they're, they're not easy markets to please. It's a lot like, I would say, Pittsburgh and the Steelers. Like, you know, that, you know, the city doesn't do well with two-year rebuilds for the Steelers. And, and Montreal <laughs> and Toronto, uh, my God, the pressure on them to win it. Listen, we, we make fun of the Leafs, which is great fun. Montreal hasn't won the Cup since 93, by the way, so it's been quite a while for them, too. Has the balance of power shifted at all in the East? I think it's exactly the same. I think Washington Pittsburgh are the two best teams. I think Tampa's third. But until they do it, I won't believe they can do it. And then uh, I think Toronto, despite the the celebration in T.O. over them getting Tavares, I think they're still fourth and, and perhaps a distant fourth. I like Boston. No defense. I think Boston's pretty good, too. Uh, they really impressed me last season. I'll tell you, the, we talk about balance of power in the league. It's just so far to the east right now in general. Who in the west is any good? Nothing against Vegas and what they did, but an expansion team rolling through a conference like that, that, that was alarming to me in retrospect, that nobody in the West is any good. I don't think anybody in the West has gotten appreciably better in the offseason. Uh, the East is where it's at right now, Mark. There's no question. Those you know five or six legitimate Stanley Cup teams. And then you have other teams, like New Jersey is an intriguing team, I think. And there's a couple of others. Florida. 
Florida was really good in the second half last year. They might be better this year. So a lot of good teams in the East. There's a lot of depth. But, yeah, I think Pittsburgh-Washington are probably rightfully still the best two teams. Listen, the team that wins the Stanley Cup generally comes from that series. It's the way it is. And, look, now they're all sitting around in a circle getting high. You're talking about hockey or, oh, that I, 70 I, I got confused. Oh, wait, now Hyde just went to his room and Jackie undecorated it. It's going to be, well, we, we better end the interview so we can watch this. That's Josh Oey. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. He is Iron Man. Double M, what's up, buddy? Hi. Hey, Double M, just want to get your point on something. But he had sacks, but he had sacks, but he had sacks. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. Thanks to Josh Oey for joining us. Uh, this may be the best item of the day. In Los Angeles, there is a gay tribute band for ACDC. And it's called Gay CDC. And they adjust the lyrics to make them gay. I don't mean that to be insulting in the remotest sense. That's what they do to the lyrics. Uh, let there be rock is now, let there be, you know, whole lot of Rosie is whole lot of Jose. And big balls, they don't have to change at all. Uh, some band members in Gay CDC used to be in a Go-Go's tribute band called the Gay Gays. Uh, y- you can't make this stuff up. I'm giving it to you straight, uh, so to speak. Oh, and the guitarist wears a schoolgirl's outfit. Not schoolboy like Angus, a schoolgirl's outfit. And, of course, it's a guy. Uh, No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. In Papa John news, Papa John's Pizza, I should clarify. Papa John, the guy, the owner... Papa John Schnatter, he can't give it away on 7th Avenue. Uh, Papa John Schnatter, 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 Schnatter. He has resigned as the chairman of the board of Papa John's Pizza after using the N-word during a conference call. The N-word, I'm assuming, is no anchovies. But he still owns the company, so he still gets the money. Now, if you hate Papa John because he's a racist, you've never eaten his pizza. I stole that joke from our buddy Joe Bartnick of the uh, Puck Off podcast. Uh, the Emmy nominations were announced today. The TV show Roseanne got two nominations, even though it was canceled amid uh, Roseanne's racist tweet controversy. And one of the nominations was not for Roseanne herself. ABC is probably okay with that. They don't want to relive that. Jeffrey Tambor... He's great in two series, but he didn't get nominated in either. Why? Because he's accused of sexual harassment, although I don't see any proof having been yet offered. But right or wrong, scandal negates good work. If you do good work and you're in a scandal, doesn't matter if the scandal's true or not. It negates your good work. Heck, it's like O.J. Simpson never won the Heisman. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Just around the corner, I'm going to talk about the Pro Football Hall of Fame and what they're doing 
because Terrell Owens isn't showing up for his induction. I'm Mark Madden, 1059 x